all the scriptures I was going to talk about have already been shared. Sarah? Mickey? Yeah. We should talk. As a little girl climbed onto Santa's lap, Santa asked the usual question. And what would you like for Christmas? The child stared at him, open-mouthed, and horrified for a minute, then gasped, didn't you get my email? A boy wanted to be Joseph in the Sunday school pageant. He was cast as the landlord and objected loudly, but to no avail. When the pageant was presented, Mary and Joseph knocked on the door and asked if he had room for them. The boy smiled and said, sure, lots of room. Come on in. Kind of messed up that. Well, welcome to Christmas 2022. We are celebrating together the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, everything in our life is dated based on this event in history. The birth of Christ. Now, in truth, it's really two events. The birth of Christ and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But because uh, of the impact that that had, every calendar in the world today is based on that. It's based on the birth of Jesus Christ. If Jesus hadn't been born, this wouldn't be the year 2022. We'd have some, some other kind of measurement for time. But I want us to look at Luke chapter 2 tonight again. The, the context is this. Jesus has been born. And at the same time, close by were some shepherds keeping watch over their flock. And an angel appears to them and begins to speak to them. And I want to look at three things that the angel said because they are the three things we need to understand about Christmas. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 9. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Not just a little, greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. I bring you good tidings of great joy. He is announcing a celebration. Did you know that God likes to party? That's why Israel had so many feasts and, and celebrations. This is a celebration. Christmas is a party. Specifically, it's a birthday party, which will, will be for everyone, the angel said. So the first word that I want us to see is the word celebration. In your notes, Christmas is to be a celebration. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus came as the Savior. This is about salvation. This is God initiating salvation by sending his Son. Now, that's the second word I want us to draw from this passage is salvation. In your notes, Christmas is about salvation. Number 12, or verse 12, 
And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So that this turns from one angel speaking to a whole choir of angels singing glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This is about reconciliation. Man being reconciled to God. This is about peace with God through the birth of God's Son, Jesus Christ. In your notes, Christmas is about reconciliation. And see, once I'm reconciled to God, God actually commits to me the word of reconciliation. I become an instrument of reconciliation. Once I'm reconciled with God, that propels me into reconciliation with others. Now, I'm not just talking about them getting right with God, but becoming a peacemaker in the earth. Like no other time of year at Christmas, our broken relationships come to the forefront. God wants to reconcile families. God wants to reconcile fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, brothers and sisters, family relationships that have been fractured. Sometimes we, we hurt each other intentionally and other times it's totally unintentionally. But I really feel like if we honor the spirit of this season that, we were, that we're in, we're going to move in a spirit of reconciliation. We will use our time to be bridge builders, to be peacemakers, as one who restores the breach, a restorer of relationships. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Matthew 5, 9, that's not in, in the notes. See, we're living in a day and age. Let me say it this way. I attribute it to the internet and social media, which can become very, very anti-social. I don't know if you've noticed that. People can be more mean than they've ever been before. They will say things on the internet that they wouldn't say to a person face to face. They feel like they have to, the right to just destroy anyone who doesn't agree with them. P please listen to me. We need to be bridge builders in a world that has a wall building mentality. Let me say that again. We need to be bridge builders in a world that has a wall-building mentality. And see, peacemakers are going to shine like the light in the darkness. Christmas is about reconciliation. The greatest thing that you and I can do in our life is actually bring someone to Jesus. Because the fruit of that deed, it will outlast your career, it will outlast your home, your, your hobbies. That activity has eternal significance. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, paints this interesting picture. It's talking about the stewarding of money and resources 
but it has this spiritual application. And I'm just going to share with you or give you the spiritual application. Make friends with people on earth by sharing the gospel with them, that their debt might be removed. So that when you get to heaven, there will be people there to welcome you. There will be people there to receive you. You know, imagine getting to heaven and someone walks up to you and says, Thank you. I'm here because of you. Because during Christmas 2022, you cared enough to share with me about Jesus. And I heard for the first time the difference between religion and relationship, between routine or, or ritual and relationship, and I got it for the first time. If you want to make the most out of Christmas, it's about three things. It's about celebration, it's about salvation, and it's about reconciliation. Those are the three things that the angel announced. 700 years before the birth of Christ, Isaiah prophesied, said his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. What do we celebrate? What, what are we celebrating during this season? And actually, I've said this many times before, you know, we might pick a day like Thanksgiving and, and talk about being thankful, but the truth is, we can, we can be thankful every day for the rest of our lives because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I can celebrate the birth of Jesus every day for the rest of my life. Why, why do we celebrate? What are, what are we celebrating? We celebrate, number one, God is with us. Number two, God is for us. He's actually on our side. And number three, God is in us. And see, when I understand that, it makes me want to party. That, that makes me want to celebrate. We celebrate the fact that God loves us. Now, probably everybody, at least in this nation, has heard someone tell them that, hey, God loves you. And they probably have heard it so many times that they're almost numb to the meaning of it. You know, a lot of people believe that maybe God loves them because they've heard it a lot, but they've never experienced it. It's not real to them. Now, in your notes, the biggest problem in our society today is identity. People don't know who they are. Because of separation from God through sin, People don't know why they're here. There is an identity crisis that is manifesting itself in confusion. People don't know who they are. They don't even know what gender they are. People, because they are, have been alienated from God, they live in confusion. They don't know God who gives meaning and purpose to who he has created them to be. We find that in our relationship with, the God, with God. Part of the problem is that we often have weak relationships. And see, our identity flows out of our relationships, and the greatest and most important of those is our relationship with God or with the Father. But our culture is broken. 
because of divorce, because of fractured families, and the disconnect that creates. And even because of mobility, you know, extended families are all split up, and, and often there is this disconnect, and people don't know who they are. So they start looking for other things to, to, to show them who they are. Well, what are you looking for? Well, what, what are they looking for? They're looking for identity. Their heart is crying out to know who they are, why they were created, who they belong to. Well, you know, maybe if I have lots of stuff or lots of things or, or if I'm well known. But see, identity does not come from those things. It comes from who you are in God. It doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from fame. But actually, it comes from who you belong to. I'm a child of the king. You are a son. You are a daughter of the king. You were saved by God, but you were also saved for God. Nothing will really make sense until I understand that. And when I do, that's when I feel like celebrating. I'm talking about, I've talked a lot about reconciliation. Let me just talk a little bit more about celebration and salvation. Verse 10, the angel said, I, will bring, I bring you good tidings, of great joy, which will be to all people. So what's the good news? Well, the Savior has come. The Savior has been born. The Deliverer, the Prince of Peace. I bring you good tidings of great joy. This good news will take you into joyful celebration. Some people think that, you know, Jesus came to, to save us from hell. And yeah, that's part of it. He does save us from condemnation. He saves us from some stuff, but he also saves us for some stuff. You're not simply saved to go to heaven. You are saved to get to know God and discover the rich heritage that you have as a child of God to find out who you really are. The second purpose was, is salvation. Verse 11. Everybody doing okay? For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. See, here's the thing. If you and I didn't need a Savior, God wouldn't have taken the time to send one. Now, I know that some people think, you know, I don't need a Savior. I'm doing just fine. And I want to say to them, and I want to say it with the right spirit, how, how is that working out for you? Look at the stress that you live under. Look at the guilt that you carry. Look at the confusion in your life. See, the starting point of Christmas is accepting the gift. Most of us at Christmas, we're we're thinking about what are we going to give or, or what are we going to get. And, and Christmas seems to be all about gifts. But the whole tradition of giving gifts started with the wise men and they brought their gifts to Jesus. Jesus was the recipient of the gift giving. Jesus is the birthday boy. So my question to everyone here tonight is this. What are you giving Jesus for his birthday? And the natural question is, what, what can you give someone that has everything? You know, someone who is Lord of heaven and earth. But see, he doesn't have 
everything. Because he created us with a free will. And he did that on purpose. He doesn't have your love unless you give it to him. He doesn't have your trust unless you give it to him. He doesn't have our worship unless we give it to him. He doesn't have our heart unless we give it to him. It's his birthday celebration. You know, you're going to be giving everyone else something. Will you give him your love? Will you give him the first part of every day? Will you give him the first day of every week? Will you give him first consideration in every decision that you make? See, that there are a lot of things that you and I can give to Jesus. Are you going through something hard right now? You can give him your trust. This is a unique time of year in many ways. Almost everyone celebrates Christmas. They, they may not get to the salvation or the, or the reconciliation part, but they're, they're celebrating something that they really don't fully understand. They celebrate Christmas, but they've never met the birthday boy. What a great opportunity the Christmas season is to fill in the blanks. Or let, let me say it this way. They've never opened the gift. The reason we give gifts at Christmas is because God sent the first gift, his son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, so that whoever would believe in him, put their faith in him and trust in him, they would have eternal life with God. God so loved the world. You know, millions of people around the world will, will celebrate Christmas tomorrow. And they've never unwrapped God's gift for them. The Bible says that Jesus understands what we feel because he felt it all. He, he knows what it's like to be criticized and misunderstood. He knows what it feels like when people are against him. The Bible says he knows our feelings, he knows you, but you and I have this amazing opportunity to get to know him, realizing that he already knows everything about you. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he still loves you 100%. You know, some people feel like they've done something wrong and God's mad at them. But because of Jesus, he's not mad at them. He's mad about them. No one will ever love you like Jesus Christ does. And that love is available to everyone. That's what we are celebrating in this season. This is my message today. If you haven't, you need to open the gift. It's been under the tree Christmas after Christmas. And, and you've opened, and see, when you, when you don't open that gift, you don't understand what it is. It, be, it can be kind of a, a theory. Yeah, God loves me. 
you know, all this stuff. But, but God wants you to experience the reality of that. And see, when you open the gift, that's when you experience the gift of his love. When you begin a friendship with Jesus Christ, when you begin a relationship, it, it's okay to say this. God, I don't even know you, but I want to get to know you. So I, I, I'm accepting you as my Savior because I, I recognize that I need saving. I need saving from some habits that mess me up. I need saving from some bad attitudes that I've carried, stuff that I don't like even, even like about myself. I need you to be my Savior, and I need you to save me for a purpose. I want to know why you created me. That's the beauty of God. You can come to him with gut honesty. And, and, and it's, it, he receives you that way. Well, how do you receive the gift of God? John 1.12 says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. That means that you join God's family by doing two things, by believing and receiving well, you might say, well, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, congratulations, you're, you're halfway there. But see, lots of people believe in Jesus. They, they know him as, as a, an historical figure. But do you believe he is who he said he was? Jesus said, I am the way to know God, to know the Father. I am the truth about God. I am the life that God has intended you to have. Do you believe in Jesus? I'm not talking about a head knowledge, but a heart knowledge. The heart knowledge comes from receiving him into your life. And see, that's an issue that, that needs to be settled in every person's life. We need to receive Jesus into our lives. God is not inviting us into a religion. He's not inviting us into something like that. He's inviting us into a relationship with him to actually know him personally. And see, when we receive Jesus into our lives, then we can just give him the Christmas gift of our trust and put our trust in him. Worship team, please come. It's not about saying the, the exact right words. It's more about having a heart of humility than it is about saying the words right. You are basically saying to God, yes, I'm in. I'm all yours. I recognize I need you. That's the humility part. Do you know there's really only one sin that will keep someone out of heaven, and it's pride. It's arrogance. It's the idea that I don't need God. But see, if, if we will humble ourselves before God and acknowledge that we need him, if you will acknowledge that I need a savior, I, I do need someone to save me. See, it's that humility that grants you access to know God. Could we stand together? We're going to close with another Christmas carol tonight. But I would like us to pray. Could you, do you mind putting your hands on your heart tonight? And just say, dear God, 
I open my life to you. I, I don't even know what I'm doing. But as much as I know how, I'm saying yes to you, Jesus Christ. I'm saying this Christmas that I realize I need a savior. I need help in my life. I can't change some things that need changing. I need someone to change me, to save me, to make me the person you want me to be, and that I need to be. So today, Lord, I put my trust in you. I not only believe in you, I want to receive you into my life. So put your spirit, your Holy Spirit inside me. Fill my emptiness with your love. Fill my doubt with your confidence. Fill my shame with your grace. Fill my worry with your peace. And then I want you to say this out loud. I thank you that you accept me right now. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen.
this benediction. Is my mic on? Let me give you this benediction tonight. Some people didn't think that I could finish in an hour. But those of you that prayed, we have victory. We've done it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us, and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Have a great evening. And tomorrow, saints with your family, release the kingdom of God wherever you go. Be the peacemaker that God has called you to be. And let this be the greatest Christmas that you've ever had. God bless you, saints.